Good morning, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to Shelter in Peace. We are broadcasting live from our studios here in Roswell, Georgia, on AM 1160, The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic radio station. I am Mari Cleveland, and I am joined by my former co-host, Josh Harris. Welcome back, Josh. Glad to be back. So glad. Oh, I've missed that. I've missed that deep... Uh, Incredible voice, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, as our listeners, our longtime listeners know, Josh was my co-host for um, twelve shows. Is it 12, twelve shows. shows? Yeah, Gosh. three months. That was awesome. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and so Josh Honor. is um, kind enough to come back because every once in a while we're going to have some need of um, of him and just him checking back in, and he had to leave us to go on to other amazing things that God had planned for him. But it's a blessing to be back. Yeah, touching the ears of so many beautiful Catholic people all across the diocese. So thank you for having me. Yeah, so glad that you are back. And Annie Porter, of course, our lovely producer. Good morning, y'all. Good morning. So Annie, Annie, and I are both very glad to have Josh back. It brings a smile to our I said, face. Hello, stranger. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So Josh, would you do us the honors of opening us with prayer? Absolutely. Rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub. Wait, wrong one. Okay. Um, name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for bringing us here today. Will you please just infuse our hearts with your word, your will, and your peace, passion, and purpose. I pray you bless everyone listening today. That you just give them knowledge of your will and the power to carry it out and show us what we can do to take the next step to draw nearer to you, as I say, our Father, who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be be thy name. name. Thy Thy kingdom kingdom come, come. thy Thy will will be be done done on earth as it is in heaven. heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. And Mary, lead us during this time as we say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, it is now, and it ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name. Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Josh. It's wonderful to hear you praying again, hear you back with us. And um, it also brings to mind those prayers that you chose to start us off with, brings to mind our, our readings from, from today, our gospel reading from today is from Matthew 18, and, and God reminds us that if Two of you shall consent upon earth concerning anything whatsoever they shall ask. It shall be done to them by my Father who is in heaven. Mm. And where there are two or three gathered together in my name, I think that's Josh, Annie, and me, right? <laughs> um, there I am in the midst of them. So, Lord, we are thank you. We are so thankful that you are here with us today. So, last week, our listeners may remember we talked um, a bit about. What to do during um, this time when people are um, sick and passing away and just a lot of people are grieving a lot of things. And so just this time kind of magnifies what's happening in our lives, whether it's because we're grieving the the sickness or the loss of a loved one, or it magnifies um, just other things about us. I know that during this time of limited social interaction or even maybe sheltering in place, having to stay in place, we're noticing our habits more. 
Josh, have you noticed that about yourself? You're kind of noticing your habits a little bit more. Yeah, to some degree. Totally. Yeah. And I especially am noticing my bad habits, the things things I don't want to do. So yeah, yeah, I actually had a friend. It was pretty funny. She said, you know, I realized that all those things that, and I may have said this on the air before, I just think it's so funny. All those things that I always told myself that I would do when I had more time to do them, I have more time now and I was still not doing them. So now I'm realizing it's just because I don't do them because I don't want to do them. (laughs) That's it, right? So there's some things that we should be doing that we don't do or that we shouldn't be doing that we do do. And that's the theme of our show today. We're going to be talking about breaking bad habits and how God makes all things new, that we can really count on him. We ask him, as we just read in the gospel reading, we ask him and he will answer us and he will help us and he will make all things new. And I think that, you know, that that's the main thing is that leaning into God in a community of people that can point us in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Right. And like I said, I have a mentor who's just big on taking one small step. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like this phrase from Romans, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And I think sometimes that testing takes place within a group setting of people who are farther along the spiritual path than mm-hmm. me, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like if Jesus is my co-pilot, I'm in the wrong seat. Right, know? right. Well, similarly, you know, if I'm my own co-pilot, just in terms of, I mean, not co-pilot, if, if I'm trying to fly the plane, but I don't have any discernment from other people, like let's say I'm trying to kick an addiction, a bad habit, and I'm not willing to, you know, turn over the range just a little bit, or at least seek direction from people who are further along in that mm-hmm. journey than I am, then something might need to be course corrected. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've typically found is one step at a time, but also accountability in a group dynamic for at least the bigger ticket items has been the, uh, you know, really the linchpin that has uh, magnified and really catapulted personal growth and freedom mm-hmm. in bad habit, in the arena of bad habit, should I say. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think one of the things that's beautiful for us as Catholics is that we have been trained, um, usually, um, not everyone, but a lot of times been trained from a young age to actually confess our bad habits, right? Yeah. To actually meditate on them, notice them, think about them, and then confess them. And there's something in being able to humble yourself and confess those out loud to somebody else that prepares your heart to be able to do that, to, that prepares your heart to do exactly what you're talking about, Josh, um, of telling other people in community. Um, and asking Absolutely. for help from other people because so many times instead we want to hide um, what's going on and we don't want other people to know we're ashamed we're and, and that that's what satan does right satan he wants you to hide in the darkness that's what he did with adam and eve right oh, yeah they absolutely. went and hid they put on fig leaves and they hid and they were used to god was you know he came they were supposed to walk with him they walked with him every day and he showed up and they weren't there because they're too busy hiding yep and if we let let those things out into the light and bring them into God's light, then he can heal them and he can make all things new as we're talking about. Yeah, and so I don't know, some people, listeners may know, I mean, I've just actually celebrated 12 years of sobriety, which has been a huge blessing. Thank you. You know, I'd say my, my best day sober, or my worst day sober is infinitely more meaningful than my best day you know, drinking and drugging. And uh, it's a huge blessing. It led me to God, led me to Catholicism, my sobriety. Um, And 
I mean, I joke, I say I only drank on special occasions like Mondays, you know, (laughs) but but, uh, I definitely had a problem there. And I talk about confession. Luckily, through the grace of God, I got into a 12 step fellowship and got Mm -hmm. a sponsor. And, you know, part of the protocol, I mean, definitely some of these steps are, I would say, actually, all of them, you can link back to practices in Catholicism, Mm. things that we've been doing for a while, right? I Mm -hmm. didn't know that at the time. It's kind of like somebody says, Jesus is in the room of 12, of the rooms of 12 step recovery. He's just wearing a beard and glasses. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, so, um, I'm, you know, I, one of the things I had to do, um, was, you know, share with somebody, uh, all of my, you know, resentments, my fears, my harms, mm. right? That is a step, you know, it's mm-hmm. a step five. And so just a, a, the that was such a blessing. And then when I came into the Catholic Church, you know, going to confession and opening that stuff up, I mean, I had familiar, familiarity with that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, it's such a gift mm-hmm. for me, you know, that for me was when the magic happened, when I started you know, bringing the inside out. Someone might say, well, how much should I share in confession? And the response from how free do you want to be? Because mm, I'm as sick great. as my secrets. That's great. I'm as sick as my secrets. Wow. That's and that great. is the danger. You know, I mean, like leave no stone unturned, right? Mm-hmm. If, if I, if we had a, a window that was, was shining light into this room right now, I could, you know, for me, like the sin is just another mud spot that mm-hmm. I'm, you know, throwing at that window, right? And mm-hmm. like, I want to let as much light through as possible, right? Right. And so that's what the grace of confession and, you know, confessing my sin or to, mm-hmm. to a priest, to another person. I mean, that's when I start to let go of the boulder of shame on my back and walk in the grace of God. Right. You know, and, and you know, that, that sacrament of confession kind of renamed the sacrament of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. And I love that word because that's what we're doing, right? We're being reconciled to God through that sacrament. We're being reconciled to our brothers and sisters. Um, And it's a healing sacrament. It's a, it's a sacrament for healing. Like you just said, you know, you've got all this inside. How much do you want to, how free do you want to be? And how much do you want to, or do you want to stay sick? So you don't, you want to be healed of, of this sickness. And it's really easy to say, okay, well, bad habits, you know, Josh, you were just talking about drinking and doing drugs and things. And okay, well, let's talk about that. Well, hold on. I may not have been a drinker or do drugs or anything, but I've got my own bad habits that I need to yeah. um, confess that I need to be healed of that are just as detrimental, that are just as um, uh, harmful to me and to my relationship with God and to my relationship with other people. And I know that for me specifically, it's control. I just have this real need for control. And I think it's wrapped up in pride. I'm not sure which comes first, the pride part or the control part, but that need to be right, that need to control. And it was interesting. I was having a conversation um, earlier uh, with a friend and we were talking about just that sin, that sin of, of needing to be right and that sin of control and how when you when you're right all the time it also causes you to blame other people Mm -hmm. because you can't be the one who's wrong right so you need to blame other people and she told me about this other beautiful practice that we have in the catholic church and it's called um a house enthronement so having your house your home enthroned to the twin hearts which are the sacred heart of jesus and the immaculate heart of mary 
And what happens is they come in and the whole family, if possible, is there and they're involved in this. And the husband is kind of leading the families because the husband, the wife, the kids are kind of trailing through the house with the priest or whoever's doing this. And um, they're as they're blessing each room, you know, they're talking about what they had. They want this room blessed, etc. But there is a um, a, a something they say that everybody in the family has to say. And because what they say is the um, this sac this uh, blessing of your house is really to encourage the unity um, in your home. And the core that destroys the unity is blame. And mm. I thought, wow, okay, that's, wow, that's pretty beautiful. intense, right? So how many times at your house something happens and everybody points their fingers at, oh, so-and-so did it, so-and-so did it. It wasn't me, it wasn't me, it was them, right? Mm-hmm. And that just really destroys the core. And so here's what each person in the house has to say to every other member of the house. So if you got a really big family, this, this might take a while. But each person says, I'm sorry, it's all my fault, please forgive me. Just kind of like this general, overall, overarching um, kind of like people talk about a general confession. You're not even talking about anything specific right now, but you're saying, I'm sorry, it's all my fault. Please forgive me. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, you're saying, this is kind of the way we're going to live. We're going to live in harmony and peace. And there's power in being able to say that and humble yourself to say that. And it really diffuses the darkness. It diffuses Satan and his evil spirits that are coming at us that are trying to cause division and divisiveness in our homes. And I know for me, I didn't grow up in a family where we were readily willing to say it's my fault or I'm sorry, but it's something my husband um, was is really good at. And he's taught me to say, I'm sorry. And it's amazing how that just changes um, the whole dynamic when you can do that. Yeah. I like to look, especially in my house, I, you know, it's, it's very helpful to look at my family members and go, just tell them like what you said, I'm sorry that you keep screwing up. <laughs> Okay, think about that, and I walk away. Yeah, I don't think that was on the car that they the priest handed out. Yeah, um, but it's easy to do that, right? I'm no. sorry that you make me so mad. Yeah, I'm sorry, but you the the but we blame them. We end up absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's 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 kind of like when you get into a prayer with somebody, and uh, you ever I, I, maybe this is more like Southern Protestant, and I shouldn't say it because I you know I. Some of the holiest people I know are Protestant, but uh, just that when uh, you ever you ever be in like a prayer circle with somebody and they use the prayer as an opportunity to just start lambasting yes. other people, yeah, like, kind of a gossip fest. Yeah, and you know, gossip dear, fest. dear God, please forgive Mari for being such. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what? Yeah. And you're like, dude, what in the world <laughs> is this going on right now? So uh, anyway, I'm getting on a side note, but yeah, I think that. For me, it's so critical um, to, like you said, to be in, well, I'm back up. Making amends is, is clutch, mm-hmm. right? That's right. one of the things in you know 12-step recovery is you, you kind of sift through your life and you go and you make amends. Because, you know, especially if you're in addiction, you, you do kind of have a trail of tears that, mm-hmm. that you've led as a result of your, uh, you know, addiction but i think all of us right i mean we mm-hmm. all have selfish years unless you were like a saint from top to bottom which i don't think is the majority <laughs> of of our listeners maybe i mean yeah. if so please i will buy that book from you and you can sh- you know share your ways but i think for you know for me there was so much healing going back in my life and saying all right what are some of these big ticket items what are some of the even small things i need to make amends for mm-hmm. as a result of my selfishness my you know addiction whatever and 
every time I did that, it was just like I took one more step closer to God, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. that was such a blessing, you know, because when I can shed, you know, this sacrament of confession and, you know, um, and then, you know, reconciling with another person that I may have harmed, um, you know, essentially that is just emptying the the weight of, I guess, my spiritual corrosion, mm-hmm. you know, in mm-hmm. the the cleaner I can get the inside. It's amazing how I can be around the same people um, and maybe even say or do the exact same thing. Um you know, pre-Jesus and then after Jesus, mm-hmm. pre-recovery, then after recovery. But the response will be different mm-hmm. as a result of having, I feel like, a spiritual makeover, you know, through yeah. the grace of the sacraments, through in in the church. And what I believe, the only difference is they they notice Jesus in us, right? Yeah. yeah. And it can cause a palpable, I feel like, um, it's it's palpable. It's a palpable, mm-hmm. and, it, and it causes people to react differently. It totally does. You're right. Yeah. So what you just, what you brought to mind a scripture. I love the scripture mm-hmm. in, in Ephesians, Ephesians 4, and it starts at verse 22. Um, you're exactly what you are just saying, um, that you should put away the old self of your former way of life that corrupted through deceitful desires and yeah. then be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Very close to the Romans 12 verse, right? Be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self, which is created in God's way in righteousness and holiness of truth. And and then it goes on. And what's neat about this, it really talks about, okay, here's how we're supposed to live. It's just what you're saying, Josh, about we live differently. And because we do live differently, we're treating people differently. And then they're going to, they're going to react differently. The whole um, environment is going to change. And he says, starting in verse 25, again, Ephesians four, therefore putting away falsehood, speak the truth, each one to his neighbor, for we are members of one another and be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun set on your anger and do not leave room for the devil. I thought that was huge, right? Because Amen. so many times when we're doing this, it's what we were just talking about before. We do all this in, under car, cover of darkness or we let the devil kind of infiltrate our minds and the way that we react. But he's saying, don't leave room for the devil. Um, so no foul language should come out. I'm going to jump, jump down further. No foul language should come out of your mouth. Only such that is good and needed for edification. Um, so that it's going to give grace to everyone else. And then it talks about, too, that um, uh, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God and you are with which you were sealed for the day of redemption. Um, and the end of that chapter, um, or, or toward the end of that chapter, at verse 32, I think is really cool. It's a scripture verse that my kids actually memorized. It was it was a um, motto of their school. So their whole school memorized the scripture and it became, it was their motto. They used to have, the school they went to, they had a scripture verse that was their motto mm. each year. So this is what them, theirs for that year was, be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving one another as God has forgiven you in Christ. You know, so you can even imagine these kids on the playground and that's going through their mind, you know, be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving one another. And, um, or if they get in a fight, one of them yells at the other one. I don't know. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. Uses it as a stick to, to get the other one. But, um, yeah, exactly what you said that, you know, God wants all things new. And I think that's the amazing thing as we look at, you know, there's that other scripture, right, where God works all things for to good mm-hmm. for those who love him and are called and accordingly to his purpose. So mm-hmm. one of the ways I found to get purpose out of a bad habit is to help other people break the same habit once you have had yeah. freedom from it, right? Which is why you see it in, in recovery. If people are sober, 
they help other people mm -hmm. get sober, mm -hmm. right? And they lead them through the steps. You know, for me, there was a big issue. I realized maybe about a year and a half into my recovery, but there was an issue with sexual integrity and purity. Mm -hmm. And by the grace of God and another 12-step group, I've had over 10 years of freedom in that area mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I feel like, and I think our guests will maybe share some on this, but it can definitely be like a unfortunate undercurrent and sort of, I guess, cultural monologue, which is like, you know, people are objects and that's mm. what's going to make you happy. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, it never does. I mean, I can just, it just doesn't. And for for me, I, you, I look back and realize I was trying to fill a God-sized hole. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just incredible, you know. You know, you for me, I could come out of these places and say, "Gosh, I can't believe that I went on this tailspin for a decade, or you know, however long it was." And then once you start to see other people find freedom from it, you 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 know, you turn the mess into a message, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And uh, that's that's only. That's, you know, that kind of spiritual al alchemy only works in God's economy, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Where God takes the worst thing and can make it the best thing. Mm -hmm. And so, I, you know, I'm a much better person today as a result of finding freedom from those bad habits than had I never had the habits in the first place and just kind of had an issue with something here or there, right? Mm -hmm. Because through that, I get to see, wow, that God is really showing up and showing off and there's no other explanation because I tried time and time again to do this on my own and I couldn't and it was finally when I cried out to God that he met me in my moment of darkest and deepest need and showed me a path to freedom mm -hmm. right and so it's through that grace that is such a blessing to realize like I'm still living in the age of miracles mm -hmm. and I think yeah. that's what our church confirms I mean we have all kinds of things from incredible accomplishments people do to, uh, you know, uh, uh, spiritual or inner and like external, even lo locutions to, mm -hmm. you know, moments with our blessed mother and, and our Lord himself. Right. But like to look back and say, personally, God, you touched my life in a way that was absolutely for me unfathomable. Right. Right. And that's, that's the kind of gift it, looking through the aftermath and realize, you know, when I was in my lowest, that's when God showed up and showed off. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful, Josh. And it's it, what's interesting is you you've been you know ringside at watching miracles happen. You know you've uh, gotten yeah. to actually not ringside. You're actually in the ring, <laughs> right? <laughs> you were in the ring experiencing the the blows and then watching the miracles happen, sure. watching kind of new life happen. You know, and some for some of our listeners. They they've never actually been in the ring, to, so mm. to speak. They haven't been in a place where they were getting knocked out, where the what yeah. was going on in their life was so overwhelming. And so I think sometimes people do do that. We do miss that there are miracles that are still happening. Oh, you know, yeah. you look at your story and you go, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. That huge miracle happened. Right. And that's so cool. And then you think about other people and then you think about yourself and you go, well, I don't know. OK, I didn't do this. I did. But. Each of us, I think, has a place in our lives where we can invite God in to do a miracle on something that we've already given up on, right? Yeah. So if you've been, if you're drinking or doing drugs, usually there's some ramifications. Usually you notice it may impact 
your ability to get a job or keep a mm-hmm. job, or it may impact um, relationships in a really big yeah. way. But for some of us, they're just insidious sins. Um, you know, Satan is really good at being under the radar sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. So there are things that are pretty insidious, and maybe it's just a relationship um, that's not going so great. With, yeah. Between you and a family member, right? And then you think, oh, well, that's just the way it is. Oh, just that's just the way they are. That's just the way we are. Oh, it's just, you can't change people. You know, you always hear that mantra, right? You know, you can't change anybody. That's yeah. just the way they are. Well, what if instead of saying that, you kind of say, hey, God, I want a big miracle out here. You know, I've got this neighbor or I've got this in-law or whoever it is. And we are, we just don't, when we're together at a family function, it does not go well. Or if we're at a neighborhood party, it does not go well. And can you change it? Can you bring, you know, can your Holy Spirit come and just cure this or heal this, heal these wounds, heal this relationship, do something big. And I think we forget to ask about those things or we look at the culture of our world right now, right? We look at the culture Mm -hmm. and we say things like abortion, like you've been working with, you know, and and we go, oh, well, it's legalized now. There's nothing we can do. And Josh, I meant to ask you right at the beginning (laughs) to share with us, because one of the things that you left us to do was to go back and do more work in the, in the pro-life movement. You had some pretty cool things happen recently. We've had some amazing things. In fact, we were out of the front of the clinic today and three people chose to not have abortions which that is was amazing. amazing that's just three people that we saw i mean you, sometimes i've heard at least through abby johnson that the story i think that no show rate can hit 75 percent if mm. people are out there praying we started a thing called summer saves uh well summer for life summersaves.com and people could sign up to come pray with us in mm-hmm. front of a local abortion clinic for an hour well Many lot, you know, so many incredible stories, people choosing life. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just three sets of twins thus far. Um, (laughs) yeah, three mothers have diff three sets of twins in their beautiful bellies as a result of, Mm -hmm. uh, well, I, you know, I think we, you know, as a result of choosing life and Mm -hmm. we were out there those days. So, um, by the grace of God, I believe we got to be instruments in that. But today we were out there and there was a, I showed up and a friend of mine, Mary Clausen, Mm -hmm. who's just heroic, was chatting with a, a young lady and she was, um, obviously distressed and there was a powerful backstory to it. Apparently her mother, had forced her to get an abortion. Mm. Um, I don't know, maybe when she was in high school or something. She had four kids but still regretted it. Mm-hmm. Her sister was inside with the same mother. Mm. This oh sister, gosh. younger sister, was 16 years old. As we found out, she saw the ultrasound. She was given the option to see it or not see it. She chose to see it and she broke down, I think got hysterical. She realized that's a life mm. right there. Mm. And, um, but, she wasn't coming out for whatever reason. And we were trying to, I guess we were trying to, you know, help her in any way that we can. She was texting and texting, nothing. So we, finally we said, well, will you because just Because the older sister wasn't allowed in there. Yeah, the older your, sister's yeah. not allowed in. A lot of times they try to shut off communication, yeah, you know, yeah. um, with people. Now, the, she, anyway, long story short, we go, uh, we, Mary says, why don't we, can we, will you just come pray the rosary with us? We go and we pray the rosary with her. It turns out they were Catholic, Hispanic mm-hmm. Catholic. And um, we finished the first decade. I didn't even get to the glory B. By the time we got to the end of the first decade, I hear, she's out. And this sister goes running to her baby sister. Oh, my god! Embraces her. You know, the sister is teary. She comes down and talks to us. 
And she leaves there with uh, a beautiful, you know, child still inside of her wow. and grateful. And the interesting thing is she tells us she was Catholic. And I think that her priest must have given a, a homily about pro-life because she looked at us while she was talking to um, the both of us, the younger sister, and said, you know, my dad looked at me at, at a mass one day and said, I'd be really mad if you got pregnant. But I'd be much more mad if you got an abortion. Mm. <laughs> and so it was kind of like, I think some reassurance in her heart that it's going to be okay. Yeah. But we have, you know, Mary got her information and That's uh, great. gave her the information too. And so it's just, it's so beautiful. We know where to point them as well. So That's what great. a gift. So listeners, thank you so much for, for listening. And Josh, we're so excited you're back. And it's wonderful to hear these great stories. And we are going to break. And after break, we will introduce you to our mystery guest. So stay tuned. Do you have a friend or family member who's seeking to grow in their spirituality? Know someone who's fallen away from their faith? Why not invite them to listen to AM 1160 The Quest? We offer a wide variety of the most prominent voices on Catholic Radio. There are four great ways to listen to The Quest. On your radio at AM 1160, online at thequestatlanta.com, on your smart speaker, and on the Quest Atlanta app. Please invite a friend to listen to AM 1160 The Quest today. Catholic Radio, I believe, is the greatest tool for evangelization that the Church has today. And I know this because we hear from people all over the world that tell us all the time they came to faith in Christ in the Catholic Church through Catholic Radio. guy that lives right next door to you, he might not ask you about your Catholic faith, but he'll ask us. He'll call in and say, tell me about the Catholic Church. To donate, go to thequestatlanta.com. The Quest presents... Pro-Life Minutes. Life is precious as it was given to us as a gift from God. He has a plan for every created life, even those conceived in the violent crime of rape. Legislation that protects every life is required because God's gift is to be respected, cherished, and protected. No value is given to the baby's life when abortion is allowed in cases of rape. Pro-Life advocate Rebecca Kiesling was conceived in rape and had this to say, I am my mother's child. I honor her and bring her healing. Today, we are both thankful we were protected from the horror of abortion. Every life, no matter how it was created, is a human being worthy of life and deserves protection. Stand behind legislation with no exceptions. Let's show the world that every life matters by speaking up for life at every opportunity. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. Let us offer a prayer of thanksgiving for the priests serving in the Archdiocese of Atlanta. Eternal God, we thank you for the blessings of our priests who represent you on this earth. Make them more greatly aware of the grace that you pour out through them as they minister the sacraments and help them to fall more deeply in love with you after each and every Mass that is celebrated. Please strengthen them so that they may lovingly and courageously shepherd your flock. May we support the priest in the Diocese of Atlanta by offering them kind words, deeds, and assistance. We thank you, God, for the gift of your priest. Allow them to remain an example of your truth and a guide to all those he is entrusted to serve. We ask these things of you, 
our Lord, our eternal priest. Amen. Welcome back to Shelter in Place. I'm Mari Cleveland, and I'm here with my co-host, Josh Harris. Hello. Josh, we're so excited to have you back. Oh, can I chime in really quick? Yes, I'm please. so, so sorry. Just really quick. I was telling that story. If anyone is interested in coming and praying with us, you can come and join us at SidewalkSave.com. Just show up and pray and just watch miracles happen. Um, it's, it's incredible. SidewalkSave.com and... Uh, yeah, that's about it. That's awesome because that um, Summer Saves was originally supposed to end on July 31st, but yes. you had such huge response to the need out there and, and people just really realizing that God would could use them as instruments, like you said, to um, help people change their life just by coming out and praying. It's a, it's a beautiful opportunity. So, yeah. So definitely. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. So now it's going to be th- um, all year round. Yeah. Until further notice, Tuesdays through Saturdays, through the Tuesday through Saturdays. That's great. Thank you. So we promised you that we would have a mystery guest. We'd have a guest on for the second half. And so we are so glad to have join us today, Thomas Clements. And Thomas um, is from here in the Atlanta area. And he is actually the director and the founder of a brand new ministry called Zenith Ministries. I'm going to say that again, Zenith Ministries. So welcome to Shelter and Peace, Thomas. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Good to be with you guys. We are glad that you are here. And um, Thomas, um, both Josh and I have had a chance to speak with you um, over the last mm-hmm. couple of days in preparation for our time together on the show. And um, it's just been such a, a blessing to hear about what God's done in your life and a little bit more about you. But of course, our listeners would love to hear that as well. So can you just introduce yourself a bit further? Tell us more. Tell our listeners a bit more about you. Sure. Thanks so much. And, and it was a blessing to, to share as it is now. Uh, so, yeah, like you said, I'm from the Atlanta area. I grew up in the, the Alpharetta Johns Creek uh, neck of the woods uh, and was at a, a St. Jude from, you know, second grade to, to eighth grade. And then I went to a public school where I, I, you know, essentially lost the faith, you know, fell into drug and alcohol use uh, pretty severely. It wasn't just, you know, your, your typical weekend party. And it was like, I think at 16, I was smoking you know, every day, like Snoop Dogg levels of pot. Mm. And then, you know, I began drinking, you know, daily as well, you know, in college. And, you know, got in trouble with the law uh, quite a bit uh, to the point where, you know, we recognized that it would be better for me to go to rehab for a year uh, out in New Mexico, which I did. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, the lessons I learned at rehab didn't stick right away. But, you know, there were certain, uh, certain truths, certain uh, understandings and principles that I was able to take with me to, to kind of begin the journey. So, I, I, you know, in rehab, I was able to leave my atheistic worldview behind. So that's uh, interesting. Because I'm going to stop you there real quick because you said yeah. you went to St. Jude from second grade to eighth grade. So you yeah. were raised a Catholic. And then when you so was it when you went to high school that you kind of became an atheist? Exactly. I, went, I was at a public school, uh, became an atheist, got into drugs and alcohol, uh, and it was really uh, detrimental to me and the relationships that I had with others. 
Uh, and it was, it, you know, made me miserable. Like I, I shared uh, earlier with Josh that, you know, St. John Paul II, you know, tells us, you know, uh, selfishness breeds misery. Mm-hmm. And so I was completely selfish, turned in on myself, and then became miserable because of it. And unfortunately, you know, rehab, I couldn't root that out, and so, you know, I left rehab, maybe stayed sober for two months, and then, you know, followed the, the same path again, but it wasn't until uh, I was able to go to a Catholic school, actually, that used to be in Gossonville, that uh, I was able to kind of discover uh, more of the Catholic faith, and not that just, you know, not just the, the fact that there's a, you know, Jesus exists, and He wants me to be happy, but that He has a plan for my life. Uh, that will help me be happy. Mm, mm-hmm. mm, beautiful. That is awesome. That is awesome. So, um, so then, so, so you, so you went to recovery. It sounds like they, they, they probably did a lot of the same twelve-step types of things that, that Josh talks exactly. about as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So exactly. when you went to the, so tell us more. It's kind of intriguing thinking about like you went to the Catholic university. Is there more you can share about like what happened there that you think we're God really grabbed you back at that point? Oh, for sure. So, uh, unfortunately, I have the amazing talent of finding the people who like to party. Like, I, it's like I have, like, a little <laughs> radar where I just kind of... And, and a radar with the tractor beam. So not only do I find them, but, you know, I kind of, like, get, you know, gravitated towards them. And so even though uh, right before attending the school, I was in a detox for two weeks, Part of which I, you know, stayed in a hotel, you know, with a, with a counselor, uh, and I was committed to not drinking anymore. Uh, unfortunately, you know, I found those people and we began partying, uh, but it was a battle. And mm-hmm. so this is interesting. What happened was I left for winter break, totally committed that I'm never going to drink again, never going to smoke pot again. When I come back to the school, they had moved my roommates mm. out. And then into my room, it was like my two biggest struggles, you know, in human form came. Uh, the, a full-fledged alcoholic was one of my new roommates, and the other one was a, a crazy pothead. No way. And so we ended up partying quite a bit. Uh, I fell completely back into it, um, got in more trouble with the law, fell into a depression, uh, we got in trouble. We got separated, but then I just went right back to drinking every day, um, and you know, bad things happened. Uh, but it wasn't until uh, I heard messages. You guys, you know, in, earlier in the program, you talked about you know needing other people. Well, I heard a lot of great messages at this school that actually were I was kind of saturating in uh, from my, the beginning of my time there. You know, all these awesome people, you know, building a beautiful community of hope, uh, of, you know, faith in Jesus and and of charity. So faith, hope, and love were like existing, you know, in this community uh, that I was able to experience. And then through conversations with, you know, those I was around, uh, plus being mentored by one of my professors, Hmm. uh, you know, I was able to kind of discover, you know, certain aspects of the faith that I, you know, was very incorrect about. Uh, ended up, you know, starting to pray the rosary every night, uh, which I used like a little uh, map that, you know, has, you know, okay, at this beat, say this prayer, this beat. <laughs> even though I went to St. Jude, I didn't know how to do it. So, and so I started doing the, the rosary every night, and then I 
can't remember why, but I wanted to go to Mass. So I started going to Mass, and then to receive, I started going to confession. And I actually, at one point, was going to confession every day for like two wow. weeks. I'd go in, determined never to drink again, and then I'd go out, I'd go to my dorm room, and I'd find a 40, you know, in my book bag, and be like, well, I can't waste this. And that would just start this, you know, whole terrible night of drinking, you know, after one sip. Mm. And so it was, it was confession, the, the Eucharist, and this openness, this humility and openness to let God work in my life that really uh, transformed me and, and led me to, in, in one day, I gave up everything. You know, I gave up the, the drinking, uh, the pot. I was getting into cocaine for a little while. I, I gave that up. Uh, and, you know, and the sexual impurity as well, all of that. I did... I did smoke one last cigarette like two weeks later <laughs> after I gave everything else up, but that was my last one as well. Wow. And it, it was tremendous. And, you know, speaking of bad habits of smoking, like I was at a point where I tried to quit smoking cigarettes by dipping, and then I ended up just dipping and smoking at the same time. <laughs> That's how badly I was addicted to addicted. that. And God helped me. He helped me give up nicotine as well. So it's it's truly, you know, a life of miracles, as as Josh was mentioning earlier. Mm. That's beautiful. And so here you are, what is it, 14 years later, 13 years later? Yeah, 13 years, 14 years, something like that. And so you get this idea to start a ministry that really helps youth, right, overcome the temptation in this kind of cultural narrative that, um, you know, I guess of you know, toxic culture is going to fill some deep-seated need, mm-hmm. which I guess we realize, you know, from experience, that's that doesn't work. But what inspired you to try to reach out to is it Generation X and Z through through your ministry? Why don't you explain it to our audience first and then just share what inspired you to uh, launch it? Sure. So Zenith Ministries is uh, a new ministry uh, for Gen Z and Millennial Catholics particularly those who have been wounded by our culture. Mm. Uh, I saw, you know, through my own wounds, you know, I was tremendously wounded, uh, you know, by living according to what I thought would make me happy, you know, chasing after the things that, you know, I saw, I was told on TV and movies and music growing up. And even some of my friends growing up, I was told, okay, these things will make you happy. Uh, Chasing after girls, uh, feeling good through drugs and alcohol, you know, and, and even, you know, objectifying women you know, as well. So I was told all that would make me happy, and it wounded me instead. It left me very unhappy. Mm. And, you know, I, I saw so many people, you know, after, you know, 13 years of, of not just, you know, giving up drugs and alcohol, but God has, has poured so much healing on me since then. I've, I've been absolutely made new, uh, recreated by him in a tremendous way. Like it's, it's hard to even, even communicate like how much healing and, and mercy he has poured upon me. And I know I see other people having similar struggles that I had and I want to help. And it, it's not just those who are addicted to, to, you know, drugs and alcohol, which are, you know, clearly the, the obvious ones, but you know, maybe, Maybe you're, you're addicted to, to food or, or self-loathing, or maybe, you know, you're addicted to, you know, uh, affirming, you know, other people because you feel so insecure about yourself. There's so many little nuances, right? And you, mm-hmm. you guys were talking about that, you know, when you were mentioning, 
uh, confession about how good it is to kind of mention what it is to overcome it. There's so many nuances. Uh, really, I, I think it's all the original sin, mm-hmm. you know, pride, but, but selfishness, thinking I know better than God. I know, you know, better than the, the, the church or anyone who's trying to tell me how to live my life. Uh, and I want to I want to do what I think is best for me, and and serve me and ignore the needs for others. Mm-hmm. And so I, I started this I started this uh, ministry to kind of help people overcome uh, maybe the root sins, maybe you know the the things that are really you know uh, dragging them down to misery, uh, to help communicate like the message of a Catholic worldview. Uh, to kind of help kind of dismantle the misconceptions they might have and then uh, be a conduit or, you know, a channel or a way for them to encounter God through, you know, various gatherings that we plan on having Mm. or live classes or or classes on Zoom or on the Internet to help them encounter God uh, so that He can pour out the same healing that He poured on me. That's yeah. beautiful. So what do you, now you guys have been, you launched officially, you're, you're right over the one month mark, right? Exactly. We, we launched, you know, kind of announced ourselves to the world in July, July 1st. Uh, and then since then we've released uh, three podcasts. The third one just came out today. Uh, several blogs as, as, you know, part of our initiative, um, putting together a new uh course that I want to release, like an online course that people can take to help better form them and, you know, help them even prepare them for uh, a life of miracles, as you mentioned, Josh, Mm. and really, you know, take, take hold of their lives, you know, and not be kind of swayed, you know, by the wind of our times, the, the storms of our culture, but to kind of take hold of of their life and, and direct it where they want to go towards Jesus. That's beautiful. That so I got a question then. So there are, I mean, the, <clears throat> the soil is so fertile. How are you targeting what people you reach out to? How are you finding, you know, kids or teens or whatever, or maybe even young adults that are in need of these services or resources? Uh, so, Basically, uh, it's, so it's the ages 18 and up, really 18 to 45. I was thinking of Gen Z, millennials. Yeah. Uh, and we're really just praying a lot and releasing the materials. I have you know, some friends I know who know people and just kind of releasing this, you know, and trusting yeah. God that, that he's going to you know, bring people to us. Uh, so, you know, taking that, the, the, the classic fishing analogy uh, that we've heard so many times, you know, just kind of like dragging the net. Um, I'm offering, you know, one-on-one mentoring to certain cases, uh, you know, people who might, you know, really need, you know, that, that attention, that special attention to, you know, kind of let go of, of what they don't want to let go of, or maybe they want to let go, but it's, it's too strong. And I'm so, I'm really just kind of casting out. You know, going where where Jesus tells me to cast out. Kind of like with his call of St. Peter, right? We we see that, you know, St. Peter's fishing, he doesn't catch anything, but then Jesus comes and tells him, you know, you need to cast on this side. And Peter says, well, I don't think it's going to work, but I'll try anyway. And by listening to Jesus and casting where he's told to cast, 
you know, he catches tons of fish. And mm-hmm. so I'm just trying to listen to Jesus and cast where he tells me. Amen. And like you said, the, the soil is, is very rich and, and ready to ready to be harvested. Mm-hmm. That's great. You know, and um, Thomas, your story makes me think of one of the verses in Isaiah. You know, Josh and I were talking right before you came on about how God does, he, God uses everything in our lives. He uses everything that we've experienced in our lives to then be able to be used for other people. And that's exactly what you're doing. It's so beautiful that, as Josh has said, so beautiful to hear that you're taking these things that you know, just really crippled you in the past and God gave you new life and now you're offering that same hope to other people. And Isaiah 65 talks about, see, I am creating new heavens and a new earth. The former former things shall not be remembered nor come to mind, but instead shout for joy and be glad forever in what I am creating. And that's kind of what I see in you is that those former oh, things, beautiful. right? Oh, I you love know, that, Marie. Yeah. Don't need to be, come to mind at all, but instead you're shouting for joy and you're being glad and, and you're seeing this these new things he's creating and you're giving this hope for other people. Yeah. Bill, I, I can't help it, Mari, because it, it, this new life that mm-hmm. God has given me, it, it's... I, you know, it's better than anything. You know, the, the church teaches, you know, mm-hmm. that eternal life begins at baptism. It's yeah. not something that is far off. You know, I can't wait to go to heaven where I can finally be. No, it's, it's now. Yeah. You have grace in you. You're experiencing eternal life. And you, you may be facing something in your life that is, is causing you pain. Mm-hmm. Maybe you regret a mistake. Maybe you feel like you're not good enough. Maybe you think you can't stop something that you know is bad for you, but the truth is that God is with you right now. Mm-hmm. He's always with you, bringing good out of everything. He's with you, making something new. And if we give Him permission to help us to let go of the old, He'll give us something new to grab onto, a new opportunity, you know, a new outlook, or a new vision for our future, right? He's mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. there waiting for us, anticipating ready to help you just to say, to say, go God, let's do this. Right. And that's, that's what he, he led me to do. And he's just been pouring out so much. It's, it's tremendous. Yeah. It's just, um, it's unbelievable. It's like the, it's like the, you know, the story of the miracle at Cana mm-hmm. where, you know, he takes, you know, water and turns it into wine. Well, in my life and Josh's life and the lives of so many others, you know, he takes, you know, for me, he took, you know, alcohol and drugs and, and lust, right? And he turned it into a, an amazing, joyful life. You know, I have a beautiful wife, beautiful children, uh, a relationship with my parents that I can be proud of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, good friends that I'm able to, you know, be a good friend to and not just, you know, receive, receive, receive and take, 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 but give. Yeah. And it, there's just so much to be happy about, to be joyful about, even even when you, you know, experience the bad days, I like to tell people that, you know, with, with Jesus, we can look forward to even the bad days because mm-hmm. it's just, it's tremendous. Right. Yeah. And so it, it, like you said, eternal life starts at baptism. And Jesus also says, not just, I want you to have life, but I want you to have life abundantly. And your description abundantly. right there, mm-hmm. abundantly, you know, you've got the beautiful wife and you've got four kids. That's, that's good and abundant right there, Thomas. Yeah, amen. <laughs> you know? amen. It's abundantly. Yeah. And I love amen. the analogy with the, the um, miracle at Cana because 
you know, they they needed some more wine. So Jesus could have just made a few bottles, right? I don't know how many guests mm-hmm. were there, but he could have made a few bottles. But no, he took those huge jars that were actually made for ritual washing. I got to go to, to Israel not long ago and awesome. they showed us the jars and they're like, they're like three feet tall, these huge jars. And he filled, what was it, six of them? Yeah. Yeah. Six huge Amazing. jars of wine. Yeah. By the way, that that's also a beautiful testimony to, you know, how we hand ourselves over to Mary. She will yeah. point us in the direction of whatever we need to get rid of whatever is ailing us. I mean, you think, I love yeah. that's the, the memorari is one example, but her last recorded words in scripture, do whatever he tells you. Yes. Which is pretty cool. I mean, like, you know, she said some other stuff after that, but she's like, let that be the last phrase. I'm out. You know, that's that's the only thing they need that's to remember. Awesome. If they remember one thing from me, it's that. Yeah, there's the mic drop yeah, right there. That was the yeah. encore performance. Yeah. Well, we've only got a few that's more awesome. minutes, Thomas, but we want to make sure that our listeners um, know how they can reach you and reach your ministry and what kind of things are you have coming up because I know you've got um, an event coming up. There's another Isaiah verse that you said was going to be really important to you and to that event. Can you tell us some details of, of what you've got out there, how people can receive it, that all that you're casting out there right now? Sure. So uh, we are on, you know, all the social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook uh, and YouTube as well. Uh, our website is www.zenithministries.com. Uh, and you can email us at email zenithministries at gmail.com if you have any questions or want to reach out for even even prayer requests. We'd be happy to take mm-hmm. those. Mm-hmm. And we have this event coming up for millennial and, and Gen Z Catholics who want to discover more of the hope, love, and healing constantly poured out by our loving and living God. Uh, I'm calling it an unprecedented evening of praise and promise. Because, you know, you hear that, that phrase all the time. It's, this is unprecedented during the coronavirus. So this is <laughs> truly uh, an unprecedented evening where I, I believe that God is, is going to show up. Uh, we're going to honor Him, praise Him. Uh, the theme of the night is, See, I am doing something new from Isaiah forty three nineteen 19. Uh, to kind of celebrate that, that God, He can make a new way. Like, mm. if you're in the desert and you feel like it's impossible— and that there's no way out, that God will make a new way out. He will materialize before your eyes miraculously a, a way to get out. My life is a testimony to that. Josh's life is a testimony to that. My wife, you know, struggled with an eating disorder for six years of, of her life, and now she, you know, eats like a champ and, mm-hmm. and is completely healed of that by God's mercy mm-hmm. and goodness. Uh, he will make a way. And if there's hope for me, there's hope for everyone. We have another speaker speaking that night. Her name is Victoria Ray, who has a, another story uh, of God making uh, a way. And we'll, we'll talk more about that. We'll sing praise and worship. We'll have fellowship. Uh, it'll be a, a, a beautiful evening. Very excited for it. It's August 28th in Dawsonville. All of the details are on our website. Once again, that's www.zenithministries.com. Great. And that's, you can also find our social media stuff there as well. That is great. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate you being with uh, us on the air today. I really today. appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, and Josh, it's been wonderful mm-hmm. to have you back uh, as well. It's my privilege. Thank you so much. So, Thomas, we've got one minute left. Would you be willing to close us out in prayer and just bless our listeners? Well, of course. I would love to. Thank you. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, you are the King of the world and the King of our hearts. We come to you uh, in thanksgiving and praise, but also asking that you continue to guard our hearts, Lord, to, to help us trust in you more and, and to go to you, remind us to go to you when we feel like we are stuck and without uh, a way to go forward. Uh, we come to you asking that you bless all of our listeners, uh, everyone who might be, maybe even just only heard, you know, uh, a few moments of our talk today. We ask that you uh, grow more in their lives and help them to, to know you more and know your peace and your joy that only uh, you can give. As we pray, remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly into you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come before thee, I stand sinful and sorrowful. A mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. And the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Annie. Thank you, dear listeners. We'll be with you again next week.